Hello, I'm Cahal Summers. And I'm Georgia Lane. Your Chagas Sustainability Advisors. And you're welcome to the Chagas Environment Edge podcast, bringing you the latest information, science and opinion to improve farm sustainability. On today's episode, Chagask advisor Kieran Kenny from the Agricultural Sustainability Support and Advisory Programme and committee member on the National Pesticide and Drinking Water Action Group talks to us today about the importance of good practice when using pesticides. Did you know the limit set for pesticides in water in Ireland is equivalent to one drop in an Olympic-sized swimming pool? With COVID-19 impacting on our lives in many ways, has it had an impact on our water quality and pesticide usage? With pressure mounting on agriculture to reduce the use of pesticides and to improve practice to avoid loss to water, Kieran tells us the do's and don'ts. Kieran explains that chemical weed control should never be your first port of call. Always consider alternative management practices first. So we started off by asking Kieran to tell us more about his role in the Agricultural Sustainability Support and Advisory Programme, working with farmers to improve water quality. I'm the ASAP advisor for, for the Longford and, and Roscommon region. So I suppose my, my main role involves engaging with, with, the, with the farmers in the specific PAs or catchments and trying to give them support and advice in, in terms of the issues that are present with, with water quality in the different catchments. Um, so it's an in- interesting role. Um, the issues vary a lot um, fr- from nutrient loss, um, mainly phosphorus, but we I also find some issues with, with, with pesticides, which we'll be discussing maybe today. So Kieran, you have a particular interest in pesticides. Um, can you tell me a little bit about your role with the National Pesticide and Drinking Water Action Group and how did that come about? Well, I suppose firstly how it came about. Um, I, I have a, I would I would have had had a, an interest with with pesticides and and drinking water over, over a number of years when, previous to, to when I was an ASAP advisor, and back in I think it was um, 2018. I think it was I, I did a, a fairly intensive survey with with with, with clients in, in North Roscommon on on pesticide use, and. Um, I happened to actually, I was asked to, um, to give a, a presentation of, of the details of the results from that survey um, at, at the, one of the meetings with the Pesticide Drinking Water Action Group. And I suppose I, they, were, they were fairly well impressed with, with, with the findings and, and the work that I did. Um, so from that, I kind of got a, a relationship with some of the group, um, particularly with John Kyo, who's a, the, the AFA or AFAP representative. It's the association that, that represents the, the chemical industry. Um, and I suppose I've, I've developed a relationship with him in terms of <coughs> organizing events in, in, in different areas um, in the Roscommon Longford region, promoting best practice in terms of the use of pesticides. Just Kieran, on, on the survey, what kind of information did you come back on the survey? Or was it kind of about attitudes or about? Um, well, it was more or less more to do with, with, with the use, I suppose, and awareness. Um, and it pointed out, obviously, critical information in terms of lack of awareness in terms of um, buffer zones, um, even even the simple things of, of being registered and, and having to be trained um, to be a professional user to use pesticides, um, all that kind of inf- information. Now, one critical message it did 
um, highlight and, and was a positive message, and you've probably seen it yourselves in terms of the presentations that have been given over the years, um, there, there was something like 95, 96% of the, the group of farmers uh, highlighted that they, they were very concerned or extremely concerned if, 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 if the, the, they were aware that, that pesticides were present in their drinking water. Yeah, look, and that's a positive in itself, like because yeah. like w if we know there's an issue there, the next step is that we just need a bit of support, I suppose, and try and figure out, look for solutions. And, and look, farmers are, they're innovators, they're engineers. All they want is that bit of support and they'll implement it on the ground. Um, Absolutely. The National Pesticide Drinking Water Action Group, uh, is that a collaboration of loads of different organizations together? And so you're probably representing Chagas on a Kieran, is it? Yeah, there's, there's, a, there's a range of different agencies on it. Um, the obvious ones, the likes of EPA Irish Water, is chaired by the, the department. Um, you have the farm orgs, you have the local authorities, National Federation of Group Water Scheme, Law Pro, etc. Myself, myself, then, and Michael Hennessy are, are the representatives for Chagas and ASAP. Yeah, yeah. I think that is the way forward in, in water quality, certainly on farms that, you know, we try and everyone work together to a common goal. And I think, I think farmers appreciate that because they don't want... 10 different people coming in the gate, telling the same story, trying to work as a unit together. Um, yes. One other question, talking about pesticides, so they get into our, our water, so that's the issue, but who monitors pesticides in water? And if we wanted to look for some local information on our own river, could we find that? And lastly, I suppose, if pesticides does get into drink water, drinking water, what happens? Well, so to take it from the start, um, the, the the drinking water the drinking water is monitored by by Irish Water um, at the tap. So during the spraying season from from April to, to, to November, um, Irish Water usually take a minimum minimum of, of one sample per month from from the tap water in in, in a drinking water supply. So it, it could be from a service station or from a shop or whatever. Um, that um, that sample hopefully. Um, is clear, but if it does show up in an exceedance um, for a pest, particular pesticide, it's obviously notified then to, to, to a number of agencies, including the local authority. And it's also, the exceedance is obviously notified to the EPA. And it's the EPA, they, they have the, the role of, of opening up a, an investigation file for that exceedance within that drinking water supply. Kieran, how long could they um, be on a watch is it two years, three years? Just to explain that there's, there's, there's two lists. Um, we'll say the investigation files, depending on the on the number of exceedances within a spraying season. Um, if it's if it's one to three exceedances, it goes on a watch list. Um, now, if there's more than three, if it's four plus, it's it's on a, what they call an act list or a remedial action list, and obviously they're the, the high priority um, drinking water supplies. Um, so to, to, ask your, to answer your question, how long is it on the, on the watch list? Uh, it'll be left on the watch list until there's, there's one full year's um, clear samples taken. Now, th th that one year, could, could um, it could go over two calendar years. It doesn't necessarily have to be one full um, calendar year. That's um, on, on the drinking side of the house. So if, if it does get into my drinking water, then... Um, Am I drinking that, or do they treat it, or what happens to it? Uh, well, an important message, I suppose, firstly, is 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 to, to um, reduce any fear that, that the public may have. Uh, the the 
all of these exceedances for drinking water are well below um, any public health um, issue that that or any public health concern because the 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 the, the limit for for drinking water that's that's set um, for exceedances is something like now it depends on the chemical but for for instance like MCPA it's it's seven thousand times less than than the standards that the World Health Organization have set for, for, for public water. By and large, it's not a, it's not an issue for public health. You know, if it's not really an issue for public health, what is it more biodiversity concerns in Karen that we're so well, worried? Well, no, be, 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 because it was a standard that's set back in the 1980s, um, yeah. and, and the standard is, is, is set so low that it's almost zero. Um, but because there is a standard or a limit, it, obviously action has to be taken. Um, yeah, yeah. Look, we don't want in reality. Like we we don't even want a drop of it in in, in our waters. It'd be no, no. It's better have it clean. Yeah. And to, to go back to your to go back to your comment about the treatment, um, in, in some countries they do treat um, they do dr- treat the drinking water, and it's and it's 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 possible to do that if if you only had a number of drinking water supplies. But in Ireland, unfortunately, there are so many supplies. Something like eight hundred and sixty drinking water supplies around the country. So it's not an option to do that. It would be too expensive. So, Kieran, what pesticides are causing the problem, and how do they get into the water supply, and how much of the chemical is a particular issue? I'll deal with them from the, the last question you asked first. The, the, the limit or the standard is, is set at as as close as, as they could have got to zero. So it's it's not point one micrograms per litre for, for an individual pesticide. Um, now that's equivalent to to one part chemical is to ten billion parts water, so it's virtually zero. It's, it's equivalent to to one one drop um, in an Olympic sized swimming pool, or if you like, one second in three hundred seventeen years. So it's it's very 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 small. Um, in terms of the, the the chemicals or the pesticides that are causing the issues. Um, it's largely um, the exceedances we'll say that have been found over, over the last, last number of years. Um, most of those exceedances seem to relate to, to grassland herbicides. Um, and p- the probable reason for that is, is it's riskier kind of chemistry to, u- to, to use on the land. Um, so the, the predominant ones would be phenoxy acids such as MCPA and 2,4-D. They, they would account for, for about two thirds of the exceedances. Um, the other ones would be glyphosate, um, fluoroxifer, chlorpyrrolid, um, and triclopyr. Uh, the reason, I suppose, you might ask, why, why, why would grassland herbicides, like some of these products can be used on tillage farms as well for weed control. Um, but the reason they're probably riskier, um, the phenoxy acids are riskier in a grassland situation, probably relates to greater use, but also, um, uh, they're, they're mainly used to control rushes and obviously where rushes are you have kind of wetter soils land that's near 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 or close to saturation so um, there's a greater risk that there's, there's going to be a movement of that um, pesticide towards the water in that situation i suppose the time of the year we're coming into as well now and it's been a kind of funny year down down in our part of the country it's quite dry it's been a cold start of the year. Grass is not growing very well the last couple of weeks. 
Um, not much spraying done on grassland yet, I would reckon, but we will be coming into docks, spraying for docks and that kind of stuff and, and maybe burning off some grass with glyphosate. Um, the one thing I would say is, look, the, the European Commission's biodiversity strategy has come out and it's looking to reduce chemical pesticides by 2030 by 50%, which is a big, big jump. Um, on the farming side of the house, we, we rely quite heavily on pesticides, I suppose, or, well, if we talk about pesticides, we're talking about herbicides, pesticides, uh, and we're talking about fungicides to control weeds and pests and funguses. So uh, the thing I would say to you, I suppose, now is what are the do's and don'ts? Like we, we need them, but we need to reduce pesticides, but we still have to use them in, in a correct manner. What would be your do's and don'ts of using pesticides? To, to, to break it down, um, best, best management practices is, is really the, 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 the key advice. Um, so to start at, to start from from the start to the finishing of the, of the spraying process um, might be the best approach to it. So firstly, um, you you need to ensure that that the sprayer operator is, is registered because obviously if he's registered, he's 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 got training in, in terms of best practice and and, and the, the correct methods and procedures to follow. Uh, the sprayer needs to be tested and well-maintained and calibrated as well. Um, one of the, 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 the key messages um, using pesticides is, is obviously you should always read the label and regardless of how, you've, how often you've used a chemical before, you should always read the label in advance of spraying because that has critical information, um, you know, including the rates of concentrate to use and the water volume, etc. Um, definitely, and one of the highest risk areas in terms of the whole procedure is um, spillages during, during mixing and filling. And this needs to be avoided. Um, so you need to be particularly careful in, with, with, with that. Uh, it's probably advisable to have some sort of a containment system um, when, when you're handling the concentrate um, to have something like a drip tray that you can place under the sprayer when you're, when you're doing that. Um, you should note the location of water bodies and also field drains um, where, where they're present um, in advance of, of spraying. And particularly if you bring in a contractor, it's important to point out that those kind of features. Because obviously you, you have to implement um, buffer zones and possibly safeguard zones as well um, when, when you're spraying. Uh, in relation to spraying then in the field, you should try and keep the boom height as low as possible. Obviously that will reduce spray drift and also consider maybe um, drift reducing nozzles. And when you're finished spraying then, um, one of the critical things and probably the highest risk um, operation in the whole, in the whole procedure re revolves around washing down the sprayer. Um, in the past maybe, um, farmers may have done this in the farmyard and, and washed out the, the, the sprayer out on the concrete or on gravel. So that's a no-no. So you must do that um, correctly and do it in the field and spray out the washings then, um, the tank washings um, out in the field that, you, that you've sprayed. And the last thing then will be obviously re regarding triple rinsing. When you're finished with the container, it needs to be triple rinsed and recycled as, as, as you would normal plastics. Just when you mentioned uh, cleaning out the sprayer, say if you're gone from glyphosate and you want to put in like a broadleaf spray and you go up to the yard and you said you said that's one of the biggest risks when you wash out the sprayer into, into a yard drain, the drain is connected to the river. 
And look, uh, I'll put my hand up to doing this maybe 20 years ago when I wasn't as familiar with the, the issues around it. And I, I'm sure it's something people are, are starting to get familiar with much more so now from the work the likes of yourself are doing and, and ourselves are doing on the ground. So I think that's vitally important. It's a simple practice that you can solve. The other one that I think um, I've come across is filling sprayers out of the river, Kieran. What, that's not great practice either, I'd say. No, and, and that was one of the that was one of the bad practices that that I, I identified in the survey I did a number of years ago. There was something like four four percent, I think, of, of farmers um, identified that as as um, occurring on their farms. Now, I would think that by by and large, it's 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 a it's something in the past. Um, I think that most farmers or the majority of farmers at this stage would be aware of the importance of that. Um, and indeed, contractors will be well aware of it. Um, yeah, and con- contractors play a much bigger role now as well, I suppose, to take that extra job out of the farmer's hands, which which is great. And they have, they have good kit and, they're, and they're, they're very experienced and they have the training, so it's, it's very helpful. Yeah, and I think that, that look, I think, Cahal, that that's probably the, the, key, the key message that we get, can give in terms of, of um, pesticide use and water quality, protecting water quality. Like the grassland farmer in general, is, is probably only spraying once a year and maybe less. So in a situation like that, I think um, it's best to bring in a contractor to do that kind of work. Um, yeah. He's far, he's far more competent in terms of, 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 of what, oh, what should be done. It's a good point. Um, one thing that, that just a question, a question that comes up a bit, Kieran, weed liquors, um, why can't you spread MP, MCPA with a weed, weed liquor or put it in it? Well, well, to be blunt, it's it's not registered for use. Full stop in in, yeah. in a weed liquor. So so that's the reason you can't use it. Yeah. But to explain maybe the risks if one was to use it or if it was to be registered in, in a weed liquor for use in a weed liquor, there are much greater risks um, attached, um, and that that would revo- re- would in, include. We'd say normally when you're putting glyphosate into a weed liquor, um, you're using a higher concentration. Of the pesticide, so if you were to do that with MCPA, you're 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 running a greater risk, and it particularly then there's also a risk of more drips coming from a weed liquor or a weed wiper. Yeah, can you can you just quickly explain what a weed liquor is as well, or a weed wiper? Sorry, a weed, yeah. weed liquor is generally something with, with maybe bristles um, on on the applicator that that touches the the vegetation or or the weed. Whereas a wiper is generally a, a roll or maybe a carpet that, that kind of rolls and just gently touches the, the weed. Um, but in both situations, there is a, an added risk of, of, of drip coming from the applicator. Um, and the other important point is, um, again, if you were to put MCPA in a weed liquor and, and you, particularly if you were using a quad um, to, to pull, to pull the, the, the machine, Again, you're giving the farmer a, a, an increased opportunity, maybe to to um, to carry out that kind of activity on saturated soils or clo- close to saturation, because obviously a quad can travel um, easier in that kind of um, situation than than a, than a tractor and a boom sprayer. And MCP MCPA is a problem because it's probably the one that's coming up an awful lot on on uh, in water, and it's. When MCPA hits water, it generally goes wherever the water goes. It goes. It doesn't. It doesn't stay on the land too easily. Yeah. Well. Well. I suppose it. It has a couple of characteristics that that lends it to be a, a much higher risk. Um, 
from an environmental perspective, not from a public health perspective, but from environmentally, it's highly soluble in water. Um, it's highly persistent, particularly in, in, in anaerobic conditions. So if, if there's water present in the field, uh, it's going to be highly persistent. Um, normally its half-life is, is about 20 days, but in the anaerobic condition, it can, it can increase to 100 days plus. You know, so they're the kind of, they're the reasons why, why it's, 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 it's so much riskier. And, and of course it, it's used it's, it's high usage that's used by a lot of farmers and, um, and it's a fair, relatively cheap product to use as well. We've seen now that there's a huge amount of education with education um, campaigns and a huge um, effort put into compliance um, with pesticides and everything, you know, to do with pesticides nationally. But say, for example, for those of us who um, don't want to see pesticide as their first port of call, what other types or methods um, could you use, Kieran, um, to control weeds um, in, in grassland lays, for example? Well, I suppose the, the chemical control should should be your last, last resort or last step in terms of the process. Um, so, you should certainly start with with um, trying to improve soil fertility, um, liming, um, drainage in the field, um, maybe try to improve the, the the sward, the vegetation that's present, and of course, the other um, tool would be would be to consider would be using mechanical means such as topping or or, or cutting with a mower. So they they would be the first approaches you take. Um, and obviously, then you need to you need to discuss with your advisor whether you need to go further and and maybe consider chemical control. Now, the the department, come back to the rush. The department have a new strategy um, that they're they're advising farmers, um, depending on their own situation, depending on how intensive the farm is, um, they have a they have a choice of 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 kind of going the containment route or, or the suppression route, and they're suggesting farmers that are extensive on farming on poor soils um, poor drainage um, high rainfall areas and maybe a higher risk to, to water bodies that they should be con confined and um, uh, using topping or, or, or cutting the rushes um, as against the more intensive farmers that, that have better soils that they can justify chemical control so they can they can use suppression in that case one final thing there, Kieran, I suppose, coming away a little bit from farming, um, we'll leave you alone after this, but um, I saw in a presentation there recently where glyphosate has gone up um, in exceedances or findings in the water, and the guy giving the presentation said that he thought it was down to COVID and the fact that maybe the hobby kind of gardeners or whatever were maybe applying a little bit too much around their yards um, in, in the fact that they're home a lot and the glyphosate is getting into, into, the, into the water. Have you heard that? Yeah, um, we'll say that up to we'll say up to, up to this year, the last couple of years, that the 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 number of exceedances, um, fortunately, had been dropping each year. Um, but this year, or in twenty twenty, that they they increased from from 80, 80, 82 in in two thousand and nineteen to, to ninety one in um, in twenty twenty, and they do suspect that 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 increase related to, to um, the increase in, in the exceedances of glyphosate. Um, normally, in, in, in the last couple of years, you'd only have maybe two or three exceedances of glyphosate during the year, whereas last year there was, was 10 exceedances recorded. 
and and they do suspect that um, because the public were in lockdown and were were at home busy looking after their gardens, maybe they, they were spraying more weeds and trying to control vegetation around the house. Yeah, let the we let the weeds grow. Bit of biodiversity, get a few let, bees. Let around. the weeds grow and let let the bees thrive. Yeah, yeah. And I suppose finishing on a farming note, then w- would you be confident then, Kieran? If look, if we do follow the steps and do the right thing, that we can bring down these exceedances, I suppose, and support the farmers and, and give advice and help them to to do the right thing. Yeah. Um. Look, it's all about trying to increase awareness. But I don't like finishing on on a negative note, maybe, but um. Last weekend, I, I happened to actually go into the local merchant to, to, to purchase some uh, a small amount of, of pesticide that I needed. And while I was in there, the merchant was having a conversation with, with another farmer. Now, the poor individual, um, I happened to come in, of course, and he didn't know who I was or what I was. Um, but the merchant knew, of course, exactly that I was working with Asap and Chagas. And he kind of brought me into the conversation immediately. And what happened was, the, the farmer had a sprayer himself at home, but he, but he had no idea what, how to, to, to use it or what volume of, of which was MCPA, MCPA was hoping to buy to control rushes. And he had no, no idea wh- how much to use or how much to put into the sp- sprayer. Um, so I, I gave him the, the advice, the best advice I could. He, had, he, he wasn't trained, he wasn't a professional user. So I went through all of that with him and explained it all. But I think the message here is that there's still a, a small percentage of farmers that the hard to get farmers that, that we still haven't engaged with and maybe these are maybe maybe these are the lads that, that are, are contributing to the issue of exceedances that's what I suspect yeah and look dear I think it's something we've discussed before where it's important that everybody that's given advice is singing out from the one hymn sheet first and foremost but that we try and try and, I suppose, uh, link up with everybody in the farming community. And look, farming is one aspect, of it, but there's other aspects of pesticides as well. But I suppose it's our job to try and link up with as many farmers as we can. Another thing I suppose I'd like to add to it as well is that, you know, I know in our region and in most regions, and it's been Chagas' policy um, for, for many, many years now, is, you know, to promote good pesticide use. It's been part of courses that lost course. It's been part of educational campaigns. It's been built into discussion group um, information, um, event information. And, you know, the, the huge importance um, of these education campaigns at reaching out to clients, non-clients um, of, of Chagask. And I suppose, you know, the whole area and effort around compliance um, and the importance of compliance with the use of these pesticides has been strongly re- reiterated over, um, you know, a good, good many years now in, in Chagask. So I think we are doing a very, very good job of getting a good positive message out there with the use of pesticides. Yeah, and look for any farmers that are, have questions or an idea, obviously the first port call is the label. But don't be afraid, pick up the, the phone to Chagas, your, your, your advisor or your, your local advisor, and ask the question, and, and we're, we're there to, to give help. Can I just finish? Um, probably there needs to be more, um, because, because the, the retailer um, or the merchant is, is the first point of contact with, with the person who's buying the chemical, I, I think there's probably going to be a need to maybe look at um, giving given that person maybe a, an increased role in terms of of, of the whole process.
because because they're the critical ones. Yeah, so look, I think that's a really important note to finish on because that's the, the first point of contact when you're you're going to buy a pesticide. So I think that that's something to think about going into the future. So look, thank you very much, Kieran. That that was excellent. Um, and best luck with your role on the National Pesticide and Drink Water Action Group. And as an ASAP advisor and colleague, um, we'll chat to you again in the future, I'm sure. Thank you, Kieran. Thanks, Deirdre. Thanks, Cahill. Thank you. So that's it for this episode of the Chagas Environment Edge podcast. Thanks to Kieran Kenny of Chagas for chatting to us today. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. You can listen on Apple and Google Podcasts as well as Spotify. And for more information, go to the Chagas website at chagas.ie. I'm Cahill Summers. And I'm Deirdre Lynn. Join us next time for the Chagas Environment Edge podcast, signpost to farm sustainability.